Welcome to the Kaibass Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. It is echoing like crazy. I don't know why. Turn this turn this off over. Um, um, no Lambert no tonight, tonight. Just me. Just me? See if I can get things people muted. There we go. Hopefully that sounds better. No Lambert tonight, just me. He has got other business to attend to, but luckily I have some tournament directors from around the country to prop me up like they do everybody else in these events around the, around the country. Uh, to carry me through the show tonight, we've got uh, Duke Tran, the Commish, and we got Josh Booth from different different parts of of the country. Some of the best clubs out there, of course, uh, North Texas, uh, the Queen City Kayak Fishing, and Moyak slash All American Series. It's going to be good stuff. We appreciate those guys taking time tonight to continue with our discussion of rules uh, for these national series and, and really local series. I, I've always been of the opinion that the rules work their way from the bottom up. This whole sport's built from the bottom up, and not that these guys are on the bottom by any means. But uh, it doesn't it doesn't trickle down from the national level. I think the local state slash regional trails are what, what make everything, so that's why I want to have these guys on here. These guys have gone – Huge. I mean, they, they basically run a, a mini national trail where they live. So uh, if anyone knows how to grow things and how to, how to make things work for the anglers, it's going to be them. So I'm anxious to hear their opinions tonight. Um, no Lambert tonight. Like I said, just me. I, I want to give my sh uh, sponsors a shout out before we jump right into it. I'm going to get these guys in here because I know they're 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 busy guys, especially Vinny. He's down at the TOC. He's you know, he's TD slash angler. So he's pulling double duty. Uh, of course, want to thank Dugout Bait and Tackle. If you guys have seen the ads going around or the shares going around on Facebook, they've got some demo kayaks on sale. You'd have to call the shop down there, get with the guys at Dugout, and they will fix you up. Uh, Western Sun Vodka, you can see the hat I got on. Got a bottle in the background right there. I've been drinking some Western Sun to drown my sorrow since the Arkansas football team has gone down the toilet. But basketball starts tonight, so I'm hoping to get back on the right foot. Uh, so go to westernsundistillery.com, as you heard in the intro, and you can find where they sell it near you. And then last but not least, Revo Sunglasses. We did a Revo giveaway last week. Uh, Revo Sunglasses, their slogan is best lenses on earth, and we believe that. Uh, go to Revo.com. If you use code KBN25, that will save you some money on your Revos. Uh, so get over there and do that. With that said, let's get these guys in here and start talking rules. Uh, it is TOC week. You know, it's it's TOC week, so we're going to anxious to follow that at the end of the week. We'll talk to Vinny a little bit about that. But let's get right into it. Let me get these guys in here. Bang, there they are. Duke's got the black screen. I don't know where he is, but we got Josh, Vinny, Duke. We appreciate you guys joining us, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vinny, how you feeling? You're down there You're down there grinding and fishing, and you're still coming on here to talk to us. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. Doing well. I had, you know, had fun on the water today and looking forward to hanging out with you for an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, like I said, I appreciate you guys. We're, we're going to be waiting for questions from the crowd. I've got a list here that I'm going to 
rattle off and we're going to get your opinions on. But before we do that, for those that may not know, just give us each a little little background on on your, on your respective club and, and how long you've been building what you've built out your out your way. So start with you, Vinny, down there in the bottom right. Uh, so I run Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing out of technically, I guess it's Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we've kind of grown and we span across both Carolinas pretty good now. We're finishing up season eight. Our, uh, we have one more event November 19th and then our TOC early December. Um, going into season nine, we're expanding. We're going to start some divisional series in Western North Carolina, and we're going to go a little bit further into South Carolina. So we'll have a main circuit and then two divisional circuits and looking forward to potentially a third circuit in 2024. So big things happening in the Carolinas. Yes, sir. And then Josh, I, I know you wear a couple of hats. You've, you've built Moyak into a, a force in our region and, and, and also the All-American Series. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm the tournament director for Moyak here in Missouri. Uh, we've, we've got a whole bunch. we got live trails. We have a river series. We have an online series. We've got a two-man team series. So we got a little bit of something for everybody here. We've got a lot of great lakes to fish, so we get to travel. Uh, every tournament's on a different body of water, so... Uh, we've got really good attendance, good numbers. Also, uh, run the All American Series. It's kind of a new thing. We're just getting started the last couple of years. Uh, that's more of a regional Midwestern kind of trail series type thing. So, but it's kind of got like a local club feel to it, even though we do travel. So, yeah, and and you know, I have a hard time calling All American Series a Midwestern trail because you guys are just about as national as the rest of them. You guys, you guys got a nice footprint with some of the events you have. Yeah, we run, I mean, from Texas to Minnesota, but we kind of stay right there in that central corridor a little bit and yeah, try, not, try not to get on the East Coast too much. That was kind of the basis for the All-American Series was just to fill a void, uh, you know, in that part of the country where there wasn't many, many big tournaments happening. They all seem to be going, you know, in the southeast part of the country and down south. And so just trying to fill a void. Yeah, fair enough. I like it. I like what you're all doing there. And, and, and the All-American Classic, of course, really kind of came in and filled that void to be able to have clubs qualify for an event kind of like the uh, the original TOC was. So that's cool stuff as well there too. And then I was going to go to Duke next, but I don't know what's going on with him. We got the black screen of death up there. So I'm going to send him a message. Yeah, oh, wait a minute. I got something. Something happened there for a second. It flashed. Flashed like he was coming, coming in hot. No. He's, not he's, the one. My, he's the one causing my echo. Damn it, Duke. He was good. He was good earlier. Gonna, Take him out and bring him back. Yeah, I'm going to boot him out. I'm going to message him tell him to come back. Um, while I do that, hang on just a second here, boys. we got a big crowd over on YouTube and Facebook. We appreciate you guys. I think there's even a few click, clicking in here from Twitter, which is which is wild. I thought everybody was on Twitter for night before the election stuff, but apparently they're watching a little, <laughs> little KBM Live too. But wherever you're watching from, we appreciate you. Give us a share to your local group because they're going to want to hear some of this. If you're a new tournament director, share this to your local group because you may want to ask these guys some questions. Um, you know, I know Duke and Josh. I've known them for quite a while. And, I, you know, I kind of cut my teeth running tournaments about the same time they were doing it. So, oh, wait a minute. There we go. Duke, you're back. Better? Yeah, there we go. That's much better. Uh, give us a quick intro about uh, how long you've been running trails down there in Texas and what you got going with North uh, Texas Kayak Championships. I run, yeah, I run the North Texas trails. Um, it, I've been doing it for about close to going on seven years now. Um, and then also run, you know, at the end of the year, we, do, we have the Lone Star Throwdown, which is all the regional events, uh, regional directors come together. We host a big event. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize this. I still credit Duke to this day for saving the TOC, and that became what it is today. So there you go. Well done, Duke. <laughs> well done. Uh, so yeah, man. Let's just jump right into it. You guys have watched. Uh, you I, you may or may not have saw the show we did on the rules with our ang- angler panel with Jay and Jordan and uh, Lambert was on here. We talked about some of those rules. We put up some polls on the group page, and then of course you've probably seen the multiple threads about the different things people think need to be changed. So starting off, it seemed like the the big talk lately is boundaries slash launch locations. So we can go around the horn and tell us what your org does to to mitigate or regulate boundaries slash launch locations, if they do anything. So Vinny, tell us what's up over in uh, the Carolinas. <laughs> I feel like we may become the norm. Oh, we've, okay, okay. We've had a ramp list, uh, man, I want to say from day one, uh, nine years ago. So we've I've never, ever typed all public access an event that drives me nuts as an angler and a director um i think that that leaves a lot of stuff up to interpretation and and how much you're willing to bend the rules if you're staying public to get to your public launch i don't you know that's a big thing but um we've had a ramp list for years eight years uh we just started doing maps either this year or last year i can't remember but i started making google maps very similar to the one you see for the hobie toc and uh, we pin every ramp that you're allowed to use, and we ask that you check in when you get there. So, pretty black and white, in my opinion. Yeah, and ha- and how's has that ever any pushback on that from the anglers? They like that. Uh, the one, yeah, everybody likes it. Uh, uh, there's always people who are going to complain. Obviously, uh, the biggest complaint, I guess, would be if we by accident forget a ramp, and we already say the list is closed. You know, and they want me to add that ramp. I don't like adding it once our promotion for that event has started. I think if usually I like a hard cutoff in the beginning of the year. Hey, this is the list. This is what we're going to roll with for the year. But sometimes stuff happens. <clears throat> you guys mentioned it last week or two weeks ago. If a campground closes or a new ramp is built and it opens up, you know, it, it would be stupid on my part to not address that and correct that. I'm not trying to make it harder on the angler i want i want every ramp open that is legal access that's what people don't understand sometimes they're like well why didn't you add this one well you had eight months to tell me that it wasn't on the list and you waited until friday before the event to tell me it wasn't on the list so um what we do and some people may disagree with this but come january i'll make a list i'll I'll public publicize the list that we're going to use and it's open for discussion hey if there's something i forgot let me know. We'll get it added now. Okay. I like that. Um, Josh, we'll just go clock or is that clockwise? Counterclockwise. I don't know. Jo- Josh, what does Moyak uh, all American series do? Do, do, those, do they marry each other? Both orgs? Yeah, we both do. Per- basically. Yeah. They're the same, same rules for boundaries. Uh, what I go by is uh, the army Corps of engineers designated boundary for that lake. I'll, I'll, it's sometimes it's not easy to find those maps online, but once I get the map, it's got the whole boundary of the lake outlined. And so we just allow anybody to launch within that boundary as long as they're out of public access. And then once they've launched, if they want to go up a creek or somewhere farther, they can take off and go as far up as they want, as long as they don't portage over dry land. But they have to come back and take out inbounds again. So, um, you know, you, you that kind of eliminates the people going 30 miles up a creek because you got to come back to take back out again. But if you want to go up 
you know what I'm saying? You cross out those boundary markings. As long as you launch inbounds and take out inbounds, then you can go anywhere you can paddle to. That's that's our rule. Okay, I like that. And in, in Texas, Duke, what do you guys do down there? Yeah, we similar to what you know, uh, Moyak and them do. They, you know, you have to launch within within the boundary, uh, and, and it's usually, you know, if you launch within, like if it's, you know, if it's if we know people can fish those creeks, if, as long as you can launch, you know, uh, from main main body of water and paddle up, you should be good. But you know, there are some, it, 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 but it changes per lake. You know, we have some lakes that are part of river streams. So you have to have to make a hard boundary and say, hey, look, you cannot go past this point because you can go all the way to the next lake if you really wanted to, uh, which you really don't want people to do. So we, right. we do have a hard boundary on some some lakes. You do have to do a little bit of leg work, leg work uh, um, you know, and, and just tell them you can't go up past this point. So this is a question from YouTube, Pat Hanning, and this is for any of you guys want to take it. What do you do about people who want to get dropped off of a creek and take out downstream? So shuttling. Floating, shuttling. What do you guys do about that? Talk, you want me to start? Sure. Yeah. Anybody. Grab as it. long as you're putting in and taking out at two ramps that are on the list, you're good by me. Same here. Same here. As long as you're taking in and out at public places, then you can shuttle. Okay. Duke, same thing. Yeah, same thing. But you know, I again, we don't. I this that's also why I don't typically do rivers river stream tournaments because it's you know no silver service and then also this this whole ordeal but right. you know if they, if they want to launch at one end and fish down to the other and have a buddy meet them down there and or their mom or dad or wherever and pick them up on the other end but you know as long as it's a legal spot i'm okay by it so let me, let me ask you guys all this and, and like i said anybody can jump and grab it first what would you like to see happen because the talk is what are these national trails going to do about this you know and i'm sure knowing you guys and your reputation in in the sport some of these guys on the national level probably have reached out to you about getting your opinion on this. What would you like to see happen with boundaries slash launch locations with the BOS or bass, uh, et cetera out there? Uh, so I'll start and as I'll speak from a TD and an angler. So I'd like to see uh, a ramp list. And then I primarily fish with Hobie bass open series. So, I don't think a hard boundary is as important with that series being its manpower. So if I'm crazy enough and I want to go 10 miles up a creek with my own legs, I think that is something I should be able to do if I physically can do it. If I'm fishing a bass open or a KVF event and I can run a motor, then it may be more sense to have a boundary, say five, six, seven miles up a creek or, you know, whatever we decide that that hard line is. Uh, you know, he has AJ has boundaries every year at the Susky mile up the juniata or at the bottom at the dam you know stuff like that but i think a ramp list it i think it's time uh it does take some legwork but i know all the national guys have a team behind them that is willing to help them with that legwork so that would be my opinion manpowered if they can get there let them get there motored put a boundary but you other two guys what do you think yeah, I think like the uh, ramp list idea is a, is a good one. I mean, if you've got a set defined frame, like you said, it, it would take some work to get that put together, but then it would eliminate any questions of where guys are launching as long as they launch on a ramp on that list. Yep. I think Benny hit the ball in the head when he said, you know, you know, use your local guys, have them, you know, ramp list, uh, but use your local resources. Your local guys that know, they know the lake. 
you know, use use them to, you know, to give you a reference, to give you what you should do, you know, you know, launch wise and all that stuff. Uh, and even if they need to, you know, go track some stuff down for you, that's that's what I would do. Uh, you know, just reach out to your local guys and, and, and they have their, their, their best suggestions on, on you know, uh, what what choices to make. Yeah. So um, th- just just as a prime example, um, Clark's Hill, that's where our TOC is this year, South Carolina, Georgia border. I don't know that body of water at all. Never been there, never even seen it. Uh, reached out to a local angler. He's part of the club. Not only did he get me every address of every public ramp, but when I had his information, it took me 10 minutes to make. Here, let me see that. There we go. So just to make that. I mean, and, and then you send that to every angler. He's got not only does he have every ramp, if you can see the orange pin in the middle, that's the weigh-in location, that's the venue. And he can have this link. He can scroll, zoom, change it to satellite. So he can literally, I keep saying he, but he or she can plan their trip around your map. I mean, I'm doing it right now on Cato. You know, I've never seen this place. So I can work right off this if I'm looking for creeks or I'm looking for points or I'm looking for backwaters. So you're not only keeping the sport more standardized but you're helping your angler and i think as a, a director that's part of your job and something you want to do my two cents yeah i think you know you throw out the word trying to level the playing field you know yeah. try to level the playing field and people hear that and they think ah you're just knocking on guys that are winning too much or they're going too far and i, and I don't think that's the case at all i think you said it right there Vinny. we're trying to standardize some of these things that can be standardized you can't standardized lures and rods and kayak yeah. brands and those things, but time on the water, where you can fish, where you can launch, those kind of things can easily be standardized, I think. Look at the nine-to-five guy, like myself, who travels into these lakes he's never seen, and you got guys launching in cornfields. Like, I, I don't know. I have no idea how to find that stuff. So, right. it, you know, it, it keeps it more of a fair playing field. Yeah, I like that. Uh, somebody asked, say, I think it was Mr. Tony X himself, Dwayne Wally, does it matter who, if you, when we're talking about shuttling a little bit earlier, when within the within the launch boundaries or defined ramps, let's say, uh, does it matter who drops them off and picks them up? Family members, other competitors, Uber? Does it does it ma- does that matter? Is that out of your realm of worrying about it? Well, no, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, as long as they're following the rules, getting yeah, picked up doesn't matter to me. And also, you know, it also the no communication rules is that it does that apply? You know, you can you can pre-schedule until like, hey. Be here, you know, five thirty wherever it is. Pick me up. I'm I'll be ready and just go. So you know, you can work around certain rules and get it done. Yeah, I feel like I we don't stay on, yeah. There's so many questions coming in. I feel like we could stay on just the boundaries thing uh, all night long. So <laughs> I mean, if they're good, put them up. You know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their moment. So yeah. yeah. Uh, being, first of being, all, being a national trail, you know, you, you we've all experienced it when 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 Cody cut off all ramp uh he, he only made on on the uh the one of the original lake fort tocs you can only launch at a, a a designated ramp that that was a hard one on everybody he he, he heard the raft that, that was yeah. he went with just core ramps and it was only like six wasn't it like on the Something whole lake like yeah. yeah um first of all Vinny, from youtube josh williams said is that an app or is that just google maps with pins on no, it that's just google maps dropping a pin and they're purple because we're queen city and I got you. You know, my guys know to look for a purple star. And and this is under 
under the files tab. Um, every lake for the whole year is there. And if I go in and edit it on the back end, it'll be it'll renew itself in the files tab automatically. So it's it's pretty it's pretty easy, and I'd be willing to help any director that reaches out. There we go. Uh, Kyle Long, who's our TD here, one of our TDs here in Arkansas. He said, how many dudes gripe because they either get their launch spot advertised versus not being on the list for anyone? Well, you got a list of 30 ramps. You know, I, I don't know how much that actually matters. Yeah, they don't say this is Joey Randall's ramp. They just say it's a ramp, right? Did you say Joey Randall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, you don't like put that on there with the pin, right? This is XYZ no. person's ramp. It's just a ramp. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of folks saying that's cool. They like the idea of just defined ramps, uh, launch restrictions are like NASCAR. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll see where we'll see where that goes. The next thing on my list, and I'll get back to some of these questions if I can and uh take notes on on which ones look like they sh should be thrown on the screen there. Uh the, the next thing that was the big big talking point, and you probably don't do this within your clubs, maybe you do, is the off limits. And should there be an off limits? And if so, you know, how long of a time period? Uh, do you guys have any kind of off limits within your local clubs? We have a small one here. I say local clubs within your state clubs or your regional clubs. No, I just say eleven fifty nine the night before. Okay. But yeah, uh, I had one up until last year. Um, you know, we cut that out. Um, but we, you know, we have a lot of local guys, so it doesn't really matter too much. You know, when you level uh, the playing field for the uh, national show, that that's a huge difference between a guy that lives two hours from the lake and a guy that lives, you know, two states away. Yeah, we don't do anything like that for Moyak, but uh, we are going to implement that for the All-American Series uh, next season. I believe we're going to do the official practice period is going to be the week before the tournament, and then uh, the two weeks prior to that will be off limits. Okay. Uh, I know that's – People have been hammering BOS and Bass about doing something. I mean, Bass already has, I think, a three-day off-limit. Uh, you can't pre-fish from Saturday to Tuesday. Maybe that's four days. And then official practice from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Some talks about expanding that out further. What do you all think? Should, should that be the case on these national events and, and give everybody the same amount of time on the water? I could argue both ways. I, so. uh, I obviously could, could understand why it should be done, but then you got the guy like me who rolls in Wednesday night and needs the day and a half to at least see the water. So it's tough, but it's not one of those. I would argue either way, you know, I would understand whatever way it goes, you know, the rules when you sign up for an event, you know how much practice you're going to get. So I think whatever an organization organization does with that rule, I don't think that's too big a deal. Um, I think K is KBF like two weeks right now before, or, or you can't be on a boat for two weeks before an event, a real boat. Uh, yeah, the off limits probably needs to be worded as off the water, not kayak fishing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because people will the gray areas, as we've talked about many times, you don't want to leave that gray area. Off the water should be the key word, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see what they do with that. Um, you know, that's just another way to level that playing field. So would you guys like to see a, a week, two weeks, big bigger for championships, maybe? What what do you think? Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, I don't I don't ever want to try and hold back anglers always try to make it to where anglers are set up to succeed but you, i also don't think it's fair that someone can go camp out on a lake for 30 40 days and fish it yeah. every every single day and then you've got i i mean i understand some guys have the argument that they don't have enough time off from work to go pre-fish you know even for a week 
And then there's other guys that are have viewpoint. Well, that's not my fault that I have the time to go pre-fish and you don't. So why you got to hold me back because this guy has to work. So it's, to me, I think you just got to find a happy medium of just letting guys have some practice time, but not being able to camp out on the lake for a month. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, I don't particularly like basses, you know, pre-fishing for only three days, even though, it doesn't really matter too much to me because I don't get have them again. I don't have that many time off, uh, but I would rather see them. You know, a week if you're giving somebody sometimes a pre-fish, at least give them the weekend before, uh, because a lot of people that's that's the only times they can do, go do it. Um, you know, bass is still running on the schedule of you know a, a, a professional bass fisherman, which really it's not us. Are. It's not us. Yeah. I like the BOS TOC rules. I mean. Saturday to, you know, until the event yep. starts. You know, yep. I think that's fair. Yep. Uh, I'm probably extremely against the grain with my Queen City TOC. They get no practice. Everybody goes in blind. I know that's not a reality, but that's the way we do it. So it's kind of cool, actually, well, especially yeah. for a championship. I like that. Yes, yeah. if you can figure it out. Yep. Yeah. That's actually yep. pretty cool. Uh, I think Cats uh, did that here for a few years, and I, I like that a lot. It's, it, it really, you know, ups the ante. Yeah, for sure. So we're going down to Clark's Hill and, it's been off limit. I know we're talking about my little club, but it's been off limits since uh, November first, and we fished December fourth. So we got uh, the hubby man, Steve Fields, saying two weeks off limits in his opinion. He also wants shotgun starts, even though he didn't say that tonight. He wants all shotgun starts. Is that the janitor? Is that the guy who cleans up? Hubby, hubby janitor, Steve hubby Fields. Janitor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron Mathis, she's got a question. If you only had smaller lakes and they, you're getting beat up by 50 plus anglers, would you do an off limits? Most of the lakes out, out there in Utah are only a couple thousand acres. Fishing uh, I pressure, I guess that makes some sense. Lakes. You gotta add lakes. Add lakes. Yeah. Bigger lakes. Uh, yeah. yeah that's how we do a lot of clashes, multi lake systems be, for that reason. Um, we, we outgrew a lot of our local stuff. So we do Carolina clash, Catawba clash, multi lake events. Blind is an equalizer. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, several people saying that they do that. That's cool. Facebook yeah. user with no profile says going in blind on the TOC is dope. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Aaron says that's what I was worried about in Utah. We don't have them. I think California's sucking up all their water. They don't have any lakes out there. <laughs> they don't have any lakes. Uh, so yeah, next on the list, and this was a big one as well, uh, was electronic communication during tournaments. Do you guys, any of you do anything to mitigate that or even worry about that? I don't have it, but I'm not a national series. So I want to make that very clear. We are different, right? We, yeah, like you said, starts at the bottom. So I, I physically can't have it. We have a team division built into our system. The reason for the team division is so guys get to know each other. Maybe a veteran pairs up with a rookie and helps him through the year. Uh, I just – I don't envision me ever going to that rule or anything like that rule based on what we are. Now, if we were national, it's the same thing. Like I said earlier, I'd understand it. I understand when I sign up for it. But my my little local stuff, we're going to stay. Do you think it needs to be implemented on, on the national level? I think it could be. I think there's clicks and groups and, you know, I don't, I mean, you can break a lake down a lot easier between a handful of people. Right. I mean, of, of course, after the, after the day on the lake, there's communication going in in houses and at campgrounds and that's totally cool. That's normal. 
I mean, everybody everybody does that. I'm just the on the water stuff is what people are concerned with. Josh or Duke, what do y'all think on on the national level? What should be done about that, if anything? What um, could be done is what I've wondered. I mean, how how would you enforce anything like that? That'd be really hard to. You'd just be a he said, she said kind of situation if someone said, oh, I saw him talking on his phone or maybe the guy, oh, it was an emergency, you know, and there's safety issues involved. I mean, it's yeah, it's not right that a couple, two or three people can split up on a lake and call each other and say, hey, they're biting on this over here. Come to this part of the lake. You know, that's not very sportsmanlike. But like I said, once again, I mean, what what could anybody do to patrol that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And what I really hate on these some of these big big trails like you know adapts these rules they 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 create a rule to like a scare tactic uh and they do something they really can't enforce and i really really don't like that um and you know or i, I know of a big trail that that kind of did that no you know no talking to anybody but that you can you can post up your submissions or you can post up you know promoting the the event you can post up on social media i'm like well if you you know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. If you can't do it, you can't do it. You can't do one thing and not do the other, you know? It's, it's yeah. kind of like... And, and I think that's something maybe we all need to think about as we push for tighter rules and regs on these national trails is not to go off the deep end into some kind of police state at these tournaments with too many. You know, and like Josh said, unenforceable rules and regs. How are you going to get there? So, you know, there's a, would you say there's a fine line there as well? Yeah, Absolutely. We still got to keep it fun at some point. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be a little bit fun. Yep. Yeah. All right. It's sure. got to be a little bit me and my roommate here still being able to talk on the water tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So, I, f- I feel like on the water communication is cool. Like if you're fishing with someone or around someone, you know, after, before and after the tournament, I think is cool. I just, like I said, I don't know that you should be on a conference call <laughs> saying, yeah, they're biting on pink flukes and everybody switches to that bait. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't have that know. with me. But as Josh said, I don't know how you I don't know how you enforce that. You know, I know people push polygraphs. I'd like to see that. I know that's not enforced, you know, doesn't stand up in a court of law, yada, yada, yada. But it's still a deterrent. Do y'all think that would be an effective way to to uh, police some of these rules is poly everybody that wins? I think it just opens up a a ton of more issues. Right. Because now the guy fails and now you want to take his money away. And and now you're in court with something that we all know is probably not going to hold up in court. So. You know, good deterrent, but I think it opens up more problems potentially. Dude, everybody puts their what about everybody put their phones in a bag at the check-in and uses digital cameras? We go we go backwards to SD cards. Oh man, that'd be, that'd be the end of us all. That'd be the end yep. of the tournament. Can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that and that kind of ties in with with the info rules. Is that something that y'all even worry about, or do we need to worry about on the national level as far as buying info, getting info? fishing with guides, all those kind of things. Once again, that's one of those things. How do you prove that? Exactly. Yeah, but that that definitely needs to be in a rule, though, because, you know, somebody hiring a guide right before a tournament, that that can't, you know, that, that can't be good. I mean, yeah, no. Or, or just having buddies fish for them right before a tournament yeah. is mm-hmm. really, really, really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's still got to be in a rule, even though something like that, it's got to be in the rule because, again, you know, if let's say let's just say there's nothing there against it so one or two guys does it you know hey somebody found out these guys hired a guy they did well so yeah, yeah it, somebody's gonna do it 
Ryan and so, I talked about that, about yeah. the snowball effect of these yep. gray areas. When people find out one person's doing it, when they find out one person's got a backhoe and a chainsaw, then they're yep. going to try to get one. And then the next person's going to try to get one. And then there you go. Everybody's, you know, got a ultralight kayak, a chainsaw, and a bobcat, and they're heading back into some <laughs> But, I mean, that's what happens. I'm exaggerating, but it pushes people to do things they wouldn't normally do if they think it's okay, you know, yep. if they think it's okay. Um, earlier, uh, Levi Schneider said, did we ever get that discord going on Darnell? I actually did set it up, but I forgot about it myself, even though I'm the one that set it up and didn't do it. KBN does have a discord channel now over there and where you can voice chat and stuff. And I was going to try to get it going on Darnell to kind of stick our nose up at this whole Bluetooth gang conspiracy theory out there and just talk smack during the tournament, but it never came together. Didn't, <laughs> didn't come together at all. We didn't even try it. I forgot about it. Um, Let's see. Any more questions before we go on to the next topic? <laughs> People saying y'all don't carry chainsaws. Jeff Sherwood asked, do you guys allow motors on all your trails? No I motors any? No, manpower. Josh, yeah, yes. Duke, yes. All right, all right. Uh, any, any of you heard any talk of multi-motors from your anglers? <laughs> Wanting that? front you know balanced turn people want that yep that two guys asked me okay Vinny's just good. laughing up there He's just <laughs> laughing up there we're going with uh scamps and whatnot big old floating decks and motors um yeah some people in the comments saying some stuff that really didn't make a lot of sense you have their numbers and you can shut their phone Phones off? That, I don't. I don't think you can do that. I don't think turn. I don't think Turney X can do that. You can't shut down phone calls on the water. Man can write it in. Yeah, come on, Dwayne. <laughs> step it up. Step it up. Uh, Clifton Allen's in the comments asking from YouTube. I don't know if he's banned from Facebook, but he's asking when. Oh, when's the schedule is going to be out? Bring back Levon. He said, "Dude, no, we're yeah. not bringing back Levon." Uh, oh, have, have any of you guys had anyone ask to ban LiveScope? Kyle said he's. We've had a few here. Anyone asked for that? Uh, I had yeah. They didn't ask for it, but they asked if I was considering it, and I laughed at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. I'm, I mean, come on, man. You still got to catch them, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen guys stare at their 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 screen all day long, and and yeah. miss like four hours, five hours of actual fishing because they couldn't get to fish that bit yesterday to bite today. So it's, you know, it's again that double edged sword. So. Yeah, I, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. If you want to yeah. have two graphs, you want to run side scan, mega, live, all the stuff that I got outside in the driveway, go for it. If it yeah. helps you, congratulations. Yeah. If not, Drew Gregory's going to whoop your tail in a 10-foot, 50-pound kayak anyway. So yeah, yeah, my answer to that would be, you know, Drew, Jordan, these guys that are winning AOI out there on these big trails don't even have graphs at all but half yeah. the time. So, yeah. you know, I think it's just fine. Uh, now I do. I think it's a weapon when the when the bite's on and they're suspended and you're catching them on that. You, you dang right, it's a weapon, but it's not always the deal at all. Yeah. I heard the smarter trails are banning banning you know the use of you know spot lock and live scope altogether at, at together at once. Really? Yeah. Like smaller kayak trails? Oh yeah. no, the California trails. Really? <laughs> California time when you're allowed to breathe. <laughs> wow. Anybody from Cali on? We got a we got a Tim Arthur sighting in the comments. Tell us if that's true out there, buddy. I read that too. I thought I read it on KBM. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. That's right. Damn, I forgot about that. Yeah. Damn, you are getting old, Jeff. You're right. I am. I'm a grandfather now, dude. Let me <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Leave me alone. Uh, Kyle said it ain't happening. Use it all you want. That's what most people are saying. I think that's just one of those things. I, I want to say it will run its course, but it'll just become commonplace and people won't be too worried about it, you know, yeah. after, after a few years. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, people people get their feelings hurt by Damian Tao too much. They said out there, <clears throat> crazy. Uh, all right, so let's get this from you. And I'm gonna wait. If you have questions for these directors about a specific issue, throw them in the comments, and I'll throw them on the screen. But let's go around the horn. We'll start with Duke because in the in the comments when I announced this show, some people were asking. They were talking. They're new tournament directors, and they're like, "Oh, I can't wait to watch this. I'm new to this. I'm just starting a trail. I've been doing a trail a year." Uh, they wanted to get some advice, so. As someone that's been doing it a while, Duke, what advice would you shoot out to a new or beginning tournament director? Uh, solidify your rules and and get a couple of good, couple of good good guys to back you up. On you know, you can't do it alone. I can guarantee you that you can't do it alone. Um, I have you know Tracy. I have a couple of other guys that help me in the background. Actually, Tracy actually runs the trail this year. Um, I you know being stuck at Mariner sales every you know every Saturday it's it's hard for me to do anything. Uh, I get to fish three or four times a year, uh, you know, tournament wise. So it's it's hard for me to do anything else. Uh, but yeah, get a couple of guys to help you out. Um, uh, reach out to your local retailers. Reach out to you know. It, it's all about who you know. It really is. Uh, um, yeah, and solidify your rules. Yeah, and stand yeah, behind, should... stand behind them no matter who breaks it, even if it's your if it's your best friend. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's that's he's right. That's the number one thing is, is get your rules locked in so that there's no gray areas that somebody can go into and, and complain about somebody else or something. And it can cause drama and problems and it snowballs from there. If your rules are locked in and solid and you stand by them, then it's always a fair standard. Everybody's following the same rules. So it, it helps a lot that way. Uh, also, keep track of everything you do as far as your expenses and your spending goes. Uh, every little penny that you spend, track it. Or you could, if you get big enough, you could end up paying some taxes at the end of the year. So track everything you do. Yeah. Benny? Um, I agree with the rules thing. I would just say build a strong foundation. That way next year and the year after that, when you do have to make a change, it's a minor change. It's a, we're going from plastic to metal board or we're going from three fish to four fish. It's not a complete gutting of what you've started and try to start something new. I feel like when little clubs make big changes, they disappear. The club disappears. So start slow, build slow, do it the right way, follow your strong rules, DQ, get rid of whoever you have to get rid of. And then remember as a director that you are working for the angler, go out and find support, go out and find sponsors, go out and find companies that are going to help you build what you're doing. And, uh, Make it worth it for people to want to come fish with you. Yep. All right. And we're going to tag on to what you just said about the uh, sponsors, Vinny, with Jacob's question on Facebook. He said, what advice would you give to a director about attracting more slash better sponsors? And how about sponsors giving cash over product? So I know um, all of you, I've seen all of you have done a great job building bridges and relationships with sponsors. So, you know, give some advice to a TD about that. I think you have to start somewhere before you go out trying to grab up some money. If you don't have something that is worth selling, nobody's going to buy it. So, you know, Queen City's pretty large. We bring in a lot of money. We, we're going to pay back about $130,000 this year. So there's money coming in and out of the company. Um, but 
we have a lot of eyes on us. So it's advertising, right? Companies are usually going to make money when they advertise with us. If you're trying to advertise your, your 10 person club, there's no point for that company to give money to you. You know, that's just blunt truth. So build up slow. And then as you start getting more eyes on you, then you can approach somebody for some money. Yeah. I mean, that's basically all there is to it. You, a company, you, you know, they want to return on their investment. They're not just going to give you something for nothing. And yep. so you have to prove to that company or show that company how you can help them, how you can give them that return on their investment, which is usually by uh, numbers, ab yeah, advertising pictures with logos and, you know, and that social media promotions and how many eyeballs you get on each event that all has a value to it. So build your, build your worth and then approach these, some of these businesses and explain to them, Hey, here's what I can do for you. Uh, what can you do for me in return? And then yeah. go from there and just kind of build and the more, it'll just keep building on top of each other. You get one, you'll get another and they snow, they'll snowball on top of each other and kind of work together too. So as long as you're doing it right, as long as you're doing it right. And just, just remember a lot of it begins with your social media. It, it, it really does begin root, very first route is your social media. Um, build that up. Make sure you get noticed. Uh, post a lot. First product, use it, promote it. You know, uh, be. I, I hate to say it, but you know, be a product whore. But I mean, you 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 really have to. People they have to see your product. They have to see the product. To see, they have to see what you're doing, um, and 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 getting it out there. Um, <laughs> Jeff's got no sense. <laughs> He's got no sense. No. It's called product uh, placement, Vinny. Had a cord in the way. You didn't see me, you didn't see mm -hmm. me take that? Yeah, I saw you, man. I saw you. Uh, yeah, you, you guys are three of the best at that, so great advice. Um, let's see. Some other stuff. Uh, Jesse Halverson. Best advice. Don't do it. You'll lose your sanity. It's definitely, it's definitely, it's hard life, man. I, I, I ran tournaments for years. I'm thankful that uh, Kyle Long and, and James Witte, those guys in Arkansas, are, are running the show now. Um, let's see. There was another question. Oh, here you go. From YouTube. Josh Hawks. Why are some tournament directors cool with electronics, but when it comes to motors, they draw the line? He's definitely speaking to me. He's not talking to us. You might yeah. as well just put Vinny in the comments. Yeah. Listen, I covered so much water today. With the, I run a motor when I'm allowed to, right, for fun and for practice. I'm running a Newport outside. I covered so much water today and eliminated or maybe found some stuff that I would never have been able to do in a man-powered event or man-powered practice. The physical advantage of a motor is absolutely insane. The first motor event I fished in April this year, I, I think I got fourth um, on Hartwell. It was the South Carolina Bass Nation. There's no way I could have did what I did in that tournament man-powered. I was running to the backs of creeks, catching fish on beds, running out. Running to the next back, catching fish, running out. Man-powered, physically impossible. Um, so it's just a big physical advantage, and, and I just don't think it's right to essentially force someone to spend, just call it $3,000 by the time you add everything into it, to be able to compete with the next guy. Where electronics, like you said, Drew's not running it. Jordan's not running it. I don't have to run it, right? So, and you can still compete. But I don't want to be out there with a guy paddling 1.5 miles an hour to a point, and the next guy's doing 6.5 miles an hour with an 1103. 
So that that to me is is a whole other spectrum of advantage. And you don't have to agree. Whoever put the question up there, it probably doesn't agree. And I know there's plenty who don't. But I'm surrounded by motor clubs, and if they want to go, they can go. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, one of the reasons I got into the sport back in the day was my basketball days were numbered because of some injuries and things. Uh, and I liked, and I was paddling. I just liked the idea of physically battling the elements and trying to get as far as you can get. Now I run a motor now because you're allowed to, and I've got an autopilot and, and, and love the boat to be honest, but I still with my broken down self, enjoy the physical aspect of the manpower tournaments. Well, last year, and I've, I've said this publicly numerous times. Um, I pre-fished for five or six days for the Ufala TOC. And by the time Friday came, I was wiped and all these guys were running motors all week. And I wasn't, I didn't have a motor. So I was manpowered all week and then manpowered through three days on Ufala fishing an offshore bite. I was exhausted, absolutely exhausted. And that after that event, I went out and got a motor. I was like, well, <laughs> practice for a week straight and they're doing it. I'm going to do it too. So this year, I didn't use my legs at all today. <laughs> Josh said, thanks for the response. Appreciate your question, Josh, over there. And we got another Josh saying he's going to kick push till he dies. There Here you we go. go. <laughs> uh, Somebody asked about AOI points. How do you guys run your AOIs? They said, how do you set up points per tourney? 100 points, 99 points, second, you know, the typical, you know, 199 descending points, or do you guys have some different ways of doing it? I'll let somebody else start. Yeah, ours is similar to that, but we don't start at 100 because then you're limited to only having 100 people in a tournament. You know, what happens if you got 120 people, then well, how are you going to do points then? So we, we start at 300 and then go down in five-point increments for the first 10 spots, and then it goes four-point increments after that, and it slowly goes down to one-point increments. It's, uh, my webmaster, Troy Anke, uh, he's a big reason that Moyak is as successful as it is. He's got this really amazing computer software program built to where we can just plug in the tournament results at the end of the tournament, and it instantly calculates our angler gear points for us. And sh I mean, it's done the next day, so... It's really cool how he's got that set up. But, yeah, we use the number system. But, like I said, you got to start high and think about, you know, growth, you know, because you will. We had 157 at one tournament this year. So you've got to have room for uh, more points to be awarded to more anglers. Yeah. Duke, what do you guys do over there? Uh, we do the – we start at – depending depending on the year, we do start out a little bit higher than 100. Um, and then we go downwards. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's typically it. I was thinking about changing the actual point system to, you know, your actual score uh, to be a little bit more challenging. Uh, but I, I still have to discuss it with the, 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 uh, the PD group. Yeah. I got a message before the show, uh, Andy Middleton down in the Southeast, their club runs a weighted AOI point system. And I did, I couldn't get more details about it. I wish he was, able to call in or be in the chat or something, but I don't think you could be here tonight to talk about that to where they base their AOI points on participation for said event is the way I took that. It's, you know, if one event has 50 anglers and another has 125, the 125 ones weighted heavier towards AOI points. What do y'all think of that? I did that my first, my first year or two with queen city and we got away from it. Um, somebody could win an event. And even though they won the event, they still don't win AOI at the end of the year because it was a smaller event. A win is a win. I mean, if you you can only beat who shows up. That's how I look at it, right? If I win a 20-person event, I, that's it. Those are the 20 people who cared to show up that day I beat them. If I win a 50-person TOC, I, those are the 50 people I beat. So our point system is similar to Josh. It's 300 points. 
It drops by five for the first five, then it drops by four for the next five, then three for the next five, and then minus two all the way through. And uh, we've had some large events. Uh, it keeps the the race for the year close, and that's a big thing for directors who are listening. You don't want to give your guys a chance to not come to an event late in the year. You need your race to be close, whether it's your AOI race or it's to get into your your whatever you call your final event. Ours is TOC to get into your TOC. I, I have honestly probably 15 or 20 guys battling for the last five spots to get into the TOC. So they're going to come November 19th. They have to. And and I do really do like the point system. It's worked out really well. I forget where I stole it from. It's been seven years or so. Yeah, and you know, that's something back when I was running tournaments, and, and Duke and Josh, you probably experienced this too, is I had to learn how to fight that that downward curve of the season. You had to figure out a way to, to not have that happen because you'd have some guys show up early. Maybe they didn't do so great. And then why am I going to show up the rest of the year? I'm not going to sweeten the pot for the rest of these people. So you had to change whether it's point systems or classics slash TOCs, whatever, to, to keep them engaged all the way until yep. the end. So that's, that's good stuff. Good advice. Mm -hmm. Yes. All directors need that. So if you're new and you're listening, find a way to keep them involved until the last moment. Yep. And we, we, you know, we select the, the better lakes uh, at the end. So, you, you know, backload it. I like that. Yeah. We do a win and in. If you fished your minimum for the year, which is seven for Queen City, um, and you win, you're in. So you could suck for the first six and win your seventh one and you're in automatically. Or you could get a top five at any point and you, you get put in the wild card event, what we call the fish off. And then top two from the fish off qualify for the TOC. So it's just. Hitting them with numerous reasons to show up. Oh, I could win today, or I could finish top five today, or my points, and and they have to come. We had ninety um, two weeks two weekends ago. We had ninety, and ninety in October is pretty good turnout. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, another question from Facebook: Do you guys have membership fees? That's always been a hot topic, at least where I'm from. It feels like anglers don't mind going out and paying a membership fee to. KBF or Bass or whoever it may be, when you start talking about the people you know and giving them twenty five bucks, they freak out. They don't. They don't like that, man. Uh, so yeah, we we haven't done that at all, but we are going to do that this, this following year. We're probably going to do twenty or twenty five dollar membership fee, and that's just like I said. I, you know, at, as most tournament directors know, it your first few years everything comes out of your own pocket. It yeah. comes from the from the bank of Duke. Um, you know, gas, lodging, all that, all that good stuff. Um, and Tracy's been helping out for for the last two years, and um, you know, I just think it's fair for them to, you know, for for him to not have to pay his own gas and all that stuff every time he goes out some, you know, somewhere. So that we're gonna help, you know, help help cover that. Yeah, we have membership fees for Moyak, and that's. Basically, you know, when I first kind of started out, we didn't have a whole lot of sponsors. And so that was my operating budget for the year was the membership dues. I used that money to, you know, get any permits I needed or venue locations reserved and the trophies ordered and all that stuff like that. So that was kind of like the uh, the annual budget was what I what I used for the membership dues for Moyak. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to put a good product out there as a tournament director, you know, you can run a kind of a low budget trail and just be a trunk slammers deal you know, in the parking lot. But if you want to put on a good trail, it costs money. And like money. I said, it gets old quick coming out of your own pocket, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Backdrops and trophies and, 
your trophies are too small. Well, you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pay your membership fee next year. <laughs> no, man. Yep. So we, we have it. Um, we've remained – technically, we're still optional. So you could – Jeff, you could show up on the 19th and fish Santee, and you wouldn't have to pay membership fee. Uh, we keep it where if you want to earn points and fight for the TOC and the AOI, you have to pay your membership fee. But we travel a good bit, three hours in, in any direction, and I want the hometown guy to fish that event. So I don't want him to have to pay the $65 entry fee plus the $45 membership just to fish one tournament because then he's probably not going to do it. But when we go down to Santee, we pull a lot of locals. So – just to show up and fish, no problem, no membership fee. But if you want to earn all the cool stuff we do, the free kayaks, the year-long awards, the AOI, all that good stuff, it's $45 once per calendar year. Okay, that's fair. And I've heard other clubs do that. You, you know, you pay to play in the AOI and, the, and the, all the other stuff, but if you just want to one-time it, you're good. Yep. You guys do that too, right, Josh, for the AOI? Yeah, yeah, we do the exact same thing for Moyak and the All-American. You don't have to – well, actually, we're going to change the All-American next year to membership is going to be required. Uh, we got – it's a whole other ball of worms that was opened up this year, uh, some people complaining because there's always people that want to complain about stuff. But we're going to make some adjustments on that. But for Moyak, uh, no. Nah. Do you guys throw out a tournament in your way? Is there drops or is it all events count? We we take the best five of seven. So five there's seven. two two drops. Kamish, what about you? Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten, Duke. Yeah. I, I, two drops on our trail too. All right. Fair enough. Uh Steve Field says eight bucks to get verified on Twitter. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get the KBN account verified just to do it. So I get a blue check mark. Just so you get the check mark. So I get the check mark. I can be just like all the big wigs over there <laughs> with our couple hundred followers. Um Good stuff. Keep the questions coming. Somebody asked Josh Hawks on YouTube, how do you guys feel about virtual events counting towards AOI? Do you do that? Do you, do you have like any online stuff that goes towards your AOI? I, I run um, I run 12 online events a year, one per month. Next year I'll run 24, one for North Carolina, one for South Carolina, but they are all completely separate. No points involved. Show up, fish, follow the rules, and get paid. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I'm gonna keep watching for the for the questions. We've been riding well over a hundred uh, live viewers all night. We appreciate you guys being on here and, and mixing it up with us in the comments. I wanted to ask you guys this, and, and whoever wants to take it first can. And I know for a fact, seeing the comments, some of these folks are the tournament directors or new tournament directors that were in the the post comments uh, yesterday and, and today. So they awesome. they'll want they'll want to hear this answer. Tell me something uh, that someone has never been a tournament director. Uh, maybe is new to it or just has never done it, something they don't understand or don't understand about the job. 24 7, 365. It's a job. Nothing else needed. It's a, job. It's a it free job, a job that you're doing for free. Um, but, you know, uh, another thing I want to bring up is to the new guys, new TDs, um, PayPal is the necessary devil. <laughs> I mean, hopefully uh, we can get away from that next year. I, I think we're going to attorney X is going to get off of found Dwayne's working on a way to get us off of PayPal on attorney X. So hopefully that'll be an upcoming change. Cause yeah, PayPal sucks. It's you're going to have to deduct money from everybody's entry fee before you even start to calculate your payouts. Yeah. So, and, uh, and Carter, have you, have you had, have you guys had issues with them trying to deduct out of actual payments too? 
Yeah, if you're the new, they would change it now to where if it's a business account, you can't send it to it without getting the fees deducted for it. So yep. an, an angler has to have an individual account in order to not get more fees taken out of it. It's crazy. They're trying to take money out, coming in and out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if it's to a business, yeah. If it's uh, to a regular friends and family, no. But, you know, it's one of those things. Um, yep. I told Dwayne straight up, I, I would probably stay with PayPal simply because they provide me with tax paperwork and they track my hundred grand in and out and I don't want to go to jail. So yeah. 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 That, and, and, that and come handy. yeah. And, and to those new tournament anglers, again, if you, even if you're not the TD PayPal is the devil, but is the necessary evil. Uh, please, please stop paying with your credit card over PayPal. And then when I send you a PayPal payment, it gets locked in the limbo for a month because they don't have PayPal. That's that's the worst. So I, I wish, I hope that some of the bigger leagues, I, and I don't know how the technical back end of this stuff works, but I've gotten into another little small hobby doing some cornhole tournaments for fun in, in the off season. And the the organization over there, their their website, they have virtual wallet. Like once you pay. All transactions take place there. There's no PayPal. There's no Stripe. There's no anything. Uh, so I don't know what it takes to set up something on the back end like that, but that'd be legit for some of the large organizations to look into, I think, uh, to be able to, to fund that virtual wallet and take money from to and from it. And I'm sure there's much less, there's probably a fee, but much less than what PayPal is doing to people. Can I, can I piggyback off Duke? Um, yeah. So you guys are starting trails and you want to use PayPal because he said tonight that you should use PayPal. But understand that everything you do through PayPal is tracked. And if you're not a legal entity, you're going to get hit and you're going to get in trouble. And, you know, you, you need to be either an LLC or a 503. You know, there's only a limited amount of transactions you can do through PayPal. Um, and all those dollars are going to be your problem if people aren't paying taxes on them, if you don't do it legally. So... It is a big responsibility to be a tournament director. It's it's not a game um, unless you're just going to live on the side of risk, which, you know, as a career man, with you know, husband, dad, owning the house, I wasn't going to do that. So, you know, we are a legal entity, as I'm sure you guys are as well, and, and directors who are listening who are not legal entities, you need to think about that. Uh, we got another quick question here. I'm not going to keep you guys much longer. Uh, Ryan Thompson said, how do you decide on what format three, four or five fish per day tournaments? Uh, I think the standard is five, but a lot of the organizations run three. What do you guys run? Do you guys run three, Vinny? Or is it five? Four. Okay. Right in the middle. Four. Uh, Josh and Duke, mm -hmm. I know from following you guys, it's five, right? Yeah. Five. Yeah. I just never want to change. We just started that way and we never changed. Okay. And what does that have people targeting bigger fish or how does that seem to work out for you? It's a good blend. I think it's a good blend. You know, th that uh, 17 to 18 inch range usually gets it done. You got 72 inches, you're definitely getting paid. Um, some days you're winning. But if you got, you know, four 19s and you're in that 76 range, you're definitely winning. So it's a, it's a good blend, man. But you still got on a, on a local trail, your everyday angler, your weekend angler, you still have half the field not putting a limit in. So, you know, going to five is only going to hurt those guys more. I was going to say, does that help with that retention? Like, it feels good to have a limit. So, do more people end up with a four-fish limit and they feel a little bit better about coming back? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. Uh, the reason we started it that way is I just didn't want to be like everybody else when we started. And back in the day, you know, we're talking almost 10 years ago now, it was either three or five. 
So I just like to be different if you don't know me. And uh, that was my way of, of being different. We were going to jump in at four and kind of see what happened. And here we are in 2022 and we're still four. So look at this. Randy Dotson from Lone Star wants to do a 10 fish turn. He wants to go back to the old Bass Elite Series stuff. 10 fish. <laughs> He should check out the, the the Big Bass Power Hour events we're putting on next this year and next year. Yeah. You guys coming to my area next year, Vinny? You guys work anything out over in this middle of the country? Come on, man. I might come to the guy below you's area. Well, that's my area. I'm, I'm like <laughs> an hour from Josh, so I, that's easy. Oh, so he's not below you on my screen. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Texas, Texas ain't that far either, brother. Texas ain't that far either. Tell me uh, where I gotta go. Where I gotta go, Duke? Where am I going if I come into Texas? Uh oh, uh, message me. <laughs> it's it all varies on the time of year, man. You know, you got you got a few popular lakes that's we gotta we gotta maneuver around a big uh, a couple of big bass event you know boat events. So I might throw you in a group chat. Yeah, yeah. As long as we're not hitting freaking fork on you know one of the big Berkeley events or something like that. You know, two thousand bass boats. We 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 should be okay. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, well, gentlemen, I'm not going to keep you much longer. We've, we've been at it an hour. I think you shared some fantastic insight into what it takes to be a successful TD. Uh, gave some folks some some good advice that are just starting out and, and some really good advice for some of the national folks that are watching to take that and take it back to their committees or boards or whoever is uh, making those decisions. So excited to see what happens in the future. I appreciate y'all taking the time to get on here. Like I said, share your opinion with us tonight. That was That was great. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, Thanks for having yeah. us. And, and Vinny, good luck at TOC, man. We'll be pulling for you. Thanks, there. brother. TDs, TDs unite for Vinny. Pull for Vinny. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. luck, Vinny. Yeah, but we'll be back next next Monday, hopefully, with the TOC winner. Put your uh, back. Yeah, you'll be back. You'll be back, Vinny, with the TOC winner. Uh, we'll <laughs> see who that is. But for tonight, I'm just going to say thank you, everybody, for making that such a huge success, the show. Uh, we missed Ryan, but we pulled it off anyway. Appreciate everybody uh, jumping on here. We're going to wrap it up. We're gone.